Howdy, hi, friends. Hello. Um, once again, the cats are screaming, and I don't know what to do with myself. Um, this is episode three. Okay, I heard this one's gonna be a real... This one's fucked up. Real fucked up situation kind of deal. You're in for a ride. But before we do that, how was your week, I guess? It was good. We went to the Ren Fest. We had a lot of fun there. We got to see the talking nuns probably about like three times. The but singing nuns? Yeah, the singing nuns. You said the talking nuns. Oh, I meant to say I'm assuming the most nuns, nuns probably do talk. Yeah. <laughs> but we saw the singing nuns and we got to hear some of their act while we ate some of our bread bowl. Yeah. We did see like four or five different Pennywises. Oh, there's so many. Hated that. It was just really annoying. Two of them had gigantic balloons. That I'm was... still concerned about their driving, but you know. I'm especially concerned about the Pennywise driving that had the balloons that were bigger than like those yoga balls. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I feel you on that. We did also see a Stevie Nicks look-alike. Oh. She was really yes. pretty. I loved her. She was great. She was so happy, too. She was. Her expression when you told her. Mm-hmm. We uh, also spent, like, $40 on margaritas. Yep. One of the stands had frozen margaritas for $5 each. They weren't real margaritas, though, because they were made with wine. They were really good, though. They were good. They were good. I'm pretty sure margaritas are made with tequila. If I remember right. I'm not sure what margaritas are made with. I don't know. I just know they're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are really good. And then we uh, went to a Halloween slash birthday party. Yeah, my older sisters. I got to see her and her kids. We got to have some really good candy that I'd never had before. Oh, the Hispanic candy? Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. I got to try, um, at least try different foods. That I haven't had before. I'm not sure if you've had some of them before. Oh, yeah. I've You've had... Well, actually, I don't know if you've had carne asada. Theirs was uh, definitely you might a have. little bit different from... Yeah, it was good. It was really good. So good. That salsa was fucking... So hot, but yeah, I, I would have it again. Yeah. We got to go mining for crystals at the Renaissance Fair, too. I mean, sifting. But sifting. yeah, close enough. We got a lot of, a good few, good few, a lot, I got a lot of uh, red jasper. Red jasper's really pretty. It is, it is really pretty. We got a couple of uh, amethysts, and we got one big one that I don't think we could figure out exactly what it was, because it looked kind of similar to several different ones. Yeah, I don't remember, Uh, even the worker didn't really, couldn't really pinpoint what it was. It was probably some type of like opal honestly yeah uh, i'm just upsetty i didn't get a malachite we're gonna get you a malachite i have plenty of malachite i just wanted one there you know me me and my magic rocks love them they're great I feel like faith we... rock you yeah, know faith rock Plus, it all I feel like comes we... together uh, for me i mean the main thing that's gonna be happening the only thing i've been waiting for is the animal crossing update which comes out the day before this comes out. So, if you're listening to this on the day this comes out, we're not caring. Um, <laughs> no. We're cooking stuff. 
in Animal Crossing <laughs> and trying to get the new villagers. That's all we're doing. And we're, we're sharing a coffee together at Brewster's, too. Yeah, I'm like, we can invite uh, the Able Sisters. <gasps> Let's have a coffee with the Able Sisters. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be able to do that, like, together, but, like, I'm at least getting all the Able Sisters down there with oh. me. Same. If we can all have it like together, ten out of ten, gonna do that. I'm really hyped about it. So today's story, it's I'm really only doing this story so early on because uh, he was recently granted parole, uh, literally last month in October. This is Eric Smith. Do you know who he is? The name sounds familiar, but I think it's only because. I think there's another case with an Eric. There's a lot of cases with Eric. I think I'm thinking I'm one of those. Cause I don't know. This, this particular When one. I hear Eric, I literally immediately think of this case, but then I also think of Columbine. Mm. Um, no, no, this is the case of Eric Smith. All right. He was born January 22nd, 1980. He was 13. At the time of this crime. That's young. Yeah. He was the middle child of two sisters. Couldn't really... Well, I didn't really dig too deep on like his personal background. But I didn't really see much about his biological dad. But his stepfather was dating his uh, mother uh, when she was pregnant. And then pretty shortly after Eric was born, his stepfather actually adopted him. Uh, His stepfather's name was Ted. And Ted was kind of a piece of shit. He was uh, physically abusive and uh, verbally, I guess you could say, like emotionally abusive as well to Eric. And I saw this in one place. So take this part with a grain of salt because I didn't see it anywhere else backed up. But also it could have been there and I just accidentally skipped over it because of who I am as a person. Uh, Apparently he was sexually abusive to Eric's older sister as well. So Mm. all of that coming in like, you know, households probably not the greatest place to be, you know. For any kid of any age, really. Yeah. Uh, Some of the things that he would say to Eric, this is a quote from the stepfather himself of things that he would say, is, I'm sick of this crap, I'm sick of you. You know? So, like, while that's probably on the lighter side of things that was said, it's still not good to say to literally anyone especially a child who is still mentally developing and probably doesn't even understand why you're saying that to them either probably does not you know um eric did however get out of that house a good bit of the time thankfully he uh spent a lot of time with his grandparents uh a quote from his grandma was he'd always come in and give us a hug and a kiss. Mm -hmm. And then another quote is, he wanted to be paid attention to. Because, well, he's a child. You know? Children need attention. Yeah, exactly. They need need that to develop, really. Yeah. 
like healthy development and like you need affection you need attention you need to be cared for in every fucking way and it just doesn't seem like that's what was happening for him except through his grandparents it seems now eric was a little bit of a different looking individual uh his mother had been on epilepsy medication and antidepressants which doctors believe is what contributed to his physical appearance and his how they put it low iq you know he also could have been a fucking child but who knows but he had kind of low ears with the tops they kind of look a little bit folded over he had really bad eyesight so he had to wear glasses and then on top of all of that, you know, he was a ginger. He had the bright fire red hair, freckles, all that good stuff. Literally just everything that somebody wants to pick on a kid for, he's got it. Which, again, isn't going to help him in any way, shape, or form. Especially Ugh. when children are so cruel. Oh, yeah. Kids are fucking assholes. Ugh. But at nine years old little trigger warning for animal cruelty here. At nine years old, Eric killed his neighbor's cat by sliding a clamp over his throat, which I, I don't know exactly what type of clamp it's talking about. I couldn't find any specifications. It just said a clamp. Oh, so the poor baby suffocated. I mean, more than likely, yeah. <clears throat> Now, the neighbor was pissed. Understandable. Yeah, the neighbor was pretty pissed off. But um, some of that, you know, anger kind of went away whenever the neighbor saw Eric's stepdad, Ted, grab Eric by the arm and, quote, kick his backside, which I'm assuming, you know, kicked his ass, hard enough to where the neighbor actually was concerned that Ted broke Eric's back. God. So, you know, it, yeah. Um, apparently, I didn't write this down, but I remember it. Another neighbor, believe it was a neighbor, had witnessed something similar happening at a different time. But uh, the neighbor saw that and was like, Jesus Christ. And was like, okay, Eric, here, look, you can make up for it for, like, doing some yard and housework. It's fine. I have a question. Okay, yes. So, I don't know if CPS was around in the 80s. Not that CPS always does anything. But I would feel like if, at this point, we've heard two neighbors have seen what is going on you would think that they would have called somebody so i'm wondering if neighbors tried to get involved to help i mean well i see what you're getting at you also have to think like you said this was the 80s and people raise their kids differently for some reason but if the neighbor's even getting concerned to the point to where he thought he like the stepdad broke his back you know how nowadays it's see something, say something? In the 80s, it was literally see something, say nothing. I guess it's just sad. 
CPS sucks. People suck. Now, the second person involved in this case was a little dude named Derek Roby. I had to look up how to say his name because it's spelled like Robbie, but with only one B, and it didn't make sense in my head at all. But Derek Roby, he was born October 2nd of 1988. So at the time of the crime, he was four years old. He was about to be five. He was the, an older brother. He had a younger brother. And he was apparently just a, a fucking bundle of joy. Like, literally in every sense of the word. His mother literally said, this is a quote, he sat on the corner and waved at cars that drove by. And I love that because it reminds me of just a little old man. You know, that is so fucking cute. He played t-ball. He loved it. Loved playing t-ball. He was just the best thing. He loved to spend time with his little brother. He would sit there and watch him and feed him and all that jazz. You know, he was four years old and he could cast his own fishing line. That is fucking impressive for a four-year-old. Casting lines are already hard. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a very loving kid. Loving yeah. Loving, caring child. Yeah. Both Eric and Derek attended the same summer program. That was at a park just down the road from Derek's house. On August 2nd of 1993... Derek was, you know, waiting on his mom to take him down the road to the program. It was a cute little program, you know. Kids would just get together, play checkers, play kickball, play catch, t-ball, all that jazz, you know. Like a typical summer kind of program thing. Well, on this morning, Derek's mom, she was having a little bit of problems, you know, with, you know, trying to get the newborn to cooperate as you know newborns run on their own time yeah they don't care so derek being the little sweetheart he was he was like hey mom don't worry about it i'll just walk down the street because it was at the dead end of his street that he lived on Uh, one of the podcasts i listened to this said that it was like 400 yards away which is less than a mile you know, and this was the 80s. Kind of safe. Or this was the, uh, this was early 90s, my bad. So she was like, okay, I'll give you, I'll give it to you this time, bud. You can walk yourself, it's fine. Ugh. A little bit before Derek got to the park, I think, um... If I remember right, Eric said it was like three houses away from the park or something like that. So literally right there. Eric saw Derek walking. Eric was riding his bike and he, you know, called over to Derek and he was like, hey, you know, there's a shortcut down here. I can show you where it is. And Derek, being a four-year-old, a sweet little baby, he was like, I'm not supposed to go with strangers. And, uh... Eric said, it's okay, you'll be safe with me. Because what we came to learn eventually 
is that they did kind of know each other. Um, one of the counselors at the program had said that he had seen Derek and Eric playing together at least like 15 times, like playing checkers, playing chess, or not chess, catch, sorry. Um, kickball, like they kind of knew each other. You know, enough for a four-year-old to be like, that's my friend. Eric, ugh, took him to this quote-unquote shortcut, which was, as we can guess, you know, not a shortcut. As soon as Eric got Derek into a part of the park that was, you know, kind of secluded, like shrub, shrubbery, all that jazz, he put him in a headlock and... Uh, choked him until he was unconscious. Then, <laughs> um, that wasn't a funny laugh. That was a nervous laugh. I'm so sorry. Um, then Eric looked around, found a rock that I've seen the weight uh, different in like two or three different places, but I just went with the lowest weight that I found. A rock that was roughly 25 pounds. And hit Derek on the head with it, um, like, a good few times. Then he found smaller rocks and pummeled his body with them. If that first rock was 25 pounds and he immediately went for Derek's head, being four years old, I... Yeah. Yeah. I hope at least the first blow did it. That's all you can really hope for, you know? Like, but, uh, after he hit Derek with the rocks, he opened up Derek's lunchbox that he had with him, um, unwrapped the sandwich, shoved it down Derek's throat, then opened up his red Kool-Aid and poured it into his head wounds. He found a banana as well in there and just kind of smushed it up. You know, just like stupid shit. And then, apparently it's not sexual assault or desecration of... It is desecration of corpse, but... According to Eric, this had nothing sexual to do with it. But then he sodomized Derek with a stick. How is that not? Because I'll tell you why he said he did it. He said he did it to stop Derek's heart. The poor kid was at this point more than likely already dead after being hit multiple times with a 25-pound rock in the head. Yeah, he said he did it because he didn't want Derek to wake up and be able to identify who did this to him. So he wanted to stop his heart. So I guess the best way to get to his heart is through sodomizing him? Why? What's your fucking point? If the kid... If if Derek wasn't dead after being beaten by rocks and... Having a sandwich shoved down his throat, that's not going to kill him. I mean, I don't him. think the sandwich is going to do much. I mean, it, it's not. He he 
I'm just, I'm gonna go with the hope, hopefulness, which sounds fucked up, with the hopefulness that he was already dead. I know I don't he, think that's fucked up. I know he was, like, like, I know he got choked until unconsciousness, so he more than likely, thankfully, did not feel anything. Yeah. But I feel it'd be better for that first blow to get him. So I just don't get how he didn't see it as not just sexual assault, but desecration of the corpse. Well, the only thing I have to say about that, and, like, I don't even believe this, but, you know, you have to lay everything out there, is that Eric was a child. And so he's kind of going to think like a child. I know, it... But my counter-argument to that is, he was 13. You're kind of... And he... One thing I forgot to mention earlier was, like, he read a lot of Stephen King and a lot of, like, graphic novels. So, where did he get this idea from? Who knows? Not me. But... One, don't let your fucking 13-year-old read Stephen King. Stephen King isn't a, Stephen King isn't exactly child friendly. Yeah. But um, after he killed Derek, he apparently returned to the scene a few times. Like um, he put Derek's right shoe by his left hand for some reason. Um, I don't know what that signifies if it signifies anything. But uh, Eric was pretty eager to try to help police in this matter. He was eager to be questioned by police, let me say it that way, because he didn't fucking help in any way. At first, he said that he didn't see Derek that morning, and then he said he did see Derek that morning, and he said that he had on a white t-shirt and a had a cool lunchbox. So Sure, whatever. Like any kid. Yeah, literally. Uh, but police thought that he knew something else just because of the way he was acting. Um, now this next part, I was having a hard time trying to comprehend it. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but Eric's grandfather used to work on the police force in some way, shape, or form. I can't remember exactly what it was. And he questioned Eric and was like, this kid is, he knows something. He knows something and he's withholding it. So, all of what I'm about to tell you, I'm literally reading from Murderpedia right now. Which is a big help in uh, me researching this case and I'm probably going to use it for every true crime case that I talk about. When Eric first came into the police station to be like, you know, hey, I might be able to help because his mother made him go. They kept questioning him about like, you know, like I said earlier, what did you see? Yada, yada, yada. Um, eventually, Eric actually got mad and he like you know 
like a kid does when they get mad. They like ball up their fists and all that. And they, he goes, well, you think I killed him, don't you? Have they like, found his body at this point? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At this point they have. Um, and so they're like, okay, okay, calm down. And Eric's like, I need to take a break. So they're like, hey, let's, let's try something. And if you remember earlier, I was talking about Derek's red Kool-Aid. So after the break is done and all that, they have Ted, Eric's stepfather, bring him a glass of red Kool-Aid. And Eric takes that Kool-Aid and just throws it on the ground. And they're like, okay, well, that's a little weird there, buddy. That's so they, sus. yeah, okay, among us, okay. that's a little sus. So they're like, okay, well, hey, we'll meet up tomorrow around where you saw Derek, and we'll continue on from there and see if you saw anything that might be of importance. So they meet up the next day, and Eric's just like out riding his bicycle, like just vibing. Just enjoying the attention. So they're like, okay, cool. Cool. So they don't really get much else from him. Until Eric's family kept, I don't want to say badgering him because it's not really the right term, but badgering him. And eventually Eric looks at his mom and goes, Mom, I killed Derek. Alright, straight out. Straight out, yeah. Um, According to his mom, she was crying, he was crying, you know? So, they take him down to the police station, and that's when, you know, we've got him. We're good. Let's go. And, you know, it's pretty standard from there until they get into court. In court, the, I mean, you know how it literally always is in court, I mean... It's a child, they're going to be like, he didn't know what he was doing. He was 13. He did kind of know what he was doing. Kind of. I'm not going to say fully, but he did. At you know? 13, you, you know, you're between the age of knowing what you're doing, but mm-hmm. still having that child innocence. You know you're what you're child. doing, but you don't know the lasting effects of what you're doing. Yeah, you don't really you know, understand. Yeah, which which is why I'm so torn on the last verdict we have of this case, which literally happened this year. You know, but uh, in court, um, you know, his lawyer had him. Keep in mind, he was 13. His lawyer had him dress in like you know cutesy little cartoon t-shirts and all that jazz and keep in mind on the day that Eric killed Derek he was wearing a I heard this from another podcast and it was I saw it somewhere else but uh he was wearing a heavy metal t-shirt don't know what band he was portraying kind of don't want to know because it'll ruin it for me you know yeah But they had him dressing in cutesy little, like, cartoon t-shirts and all that jazz. 
Thirteen-year-olds have a wide range of what they wear. Thirteen-year-olds don't wear Tasmanian devil t-shirts, which is something that Eric wore to court one day, which was really a fucking slap in the face to Derek's family because that is the character who was on his shirt the day that he was murdered. I feel like that's more than a slap in the face. I feel like that's just a straight up. I don't even have the words for it. If yeah. that's the shirt he was wearing, that's more than a slap in the face. That was that's really like fucking... death again. I mean, they... I'll get to that here in a minute. But, uh, the, yeah, that, that was just really fucked up. Like, out of anything, he could have wore, like, a Space Jam. Well, was Space Jam out at that time? I'm not sure. Oh, All God, I'm old. Fuck the lawyer at this point. Like, okay, yeah. yeah. Kid's not good either. He he's thirteen. He's still a kid, but the lawyer. He just did not show any care at all. For the family of the victim. Well, you know lawyers. God, that is beyond. <sighs> yeah, long story short, Eric was diagnosed through a court-appointed uh psychiatrist with intermediate explosive disorder which in court it was classified as uh, cruelty to animals bedwetting and fire starting which the podcast that I listened to said that Two out of three of those are normally attributed, or, you know, they're normally, like, in line with serial killers. Which, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I would argue and say, like, three out of three normally are, depending on the serial killer. Um, But, here we go, really quick. Per the DSM-5, which... Don't know what it was back then. I'm sorry. I didn't look that up. Uh, But the DSM-5 is the, I believe, the most accurate mental illness descriptions. This is going to be long and boring. I'm so sorry. Intermediate explosive disorder is classified as verbal aggression, tantrums, verbal arguments, or fights, or... Physical aggression that occurs twice in a week-long period for at least three months and does not lead to destruction of property or physical injury, which is A1. Second, three outbursts that involve injury or destruction within a year period, which is A2. Aggressive behavior is grossly disproportionate to the magnitude of the psychosocial stressors. The outbursts are not premeditated and serve no premeditated purpose. Which that one kind of really goes along with the case. You know? The outbursts caused distress or impairment of functioning or lead to financial or legal consequences. Which also kind of go along with the case. The individual must be at least six years old, and Eric was 13. 
The recurrent outbursts cannot be explained by another mental disorder and are not the result of another medical disorder or substance use. In 1994, Eric was sentenced to nine years to life in prison with the possibility of parole after two years, which sounds weird, but it's literally after the nine years, every two years he was eligible for parole. So uh, he was originally convicted in 93? 93. He was originally convicted in 93. So, nine years... Oh my god, my voice cracked. Um, Nine years after that. Every two years after that nine years, he was eligible for parole. Yes, continue. So, he basically didn't get parole up until... 2021. I did not write this in my notes because... um, Every year that he was eligible for parole, it was either, well, for a long time, for a long time, he just, they didn't think that he actually realized, like, hey, I was actually in the wrong, you know? And then I think starting in, it was 2015... 2014 or 2015, they were like, okay, he realizes that he was in the wrong, but we still don't really trust, like, literally, in layman's terms, we don't really trust him still, and we don't want to burden the community with this. Okay, so, I'm not trying to seem like an asshole for this. No, seem like an asshole. He was 13 when he committed... The murder. And obviously sentenced to jail. Yeah, as so you should be. So they didn't want to release him until he realized he was in the wrong. You would think that if being 13, it wouldn't take him but maybe a couple of years to realize, like, yeah, I'm in the wrong. I killed I killed somebody, and that's not that's not good. Like, I'm in the wrong for that. I killed somebody who is nine years younger than me. Yeah, I killed somebody. Who is somebody way who's... more vulnerable. Like, who I've played with maybe 15 times, so they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's my friend. Yeah, let's go, buddy. In my opinion, if it took him up until last year to realize he was in the wrong for this, I feel like... Call me an asshole or don't. I I feel like if it took him until last year to realize that he was in the wrong for this. This year. Had he, this year, had he not been caught for this, he would have killed again. That is actually one of the things that he said during one of his parole meetings. Like, one I, of his early parole meetings, he said, which is one of the reasons why I'm like, okay, well... Maybe he is kind of better because he said that had he not been caught for this murder, he would have been able to murder somebody else. 
He laid all of that out, which I'm glad he did, you know? You mentioned at the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. He laid, I think you said it was the left shoe near the right hand. What if that was kind of... Yeah. What if that was kind of the start of, like, what his signature... Most killers have, like, a signature. I mean... Some of them can be really weird. Some of them can be off-the-wall ideas. I I don't know how else to call it. I mean, yeah. If he said he was going to kill again, what if setting the left shoe near the right hand was going to be his signature? If he said he was going to kill again... There's some weird signatures out there. I It would not surprise me if someone made that well, their signature. I mean, you also have to think. There are some people that just had no signature. Well, I'm going off of, you like know? A, I'm going off of serial killers. Well, but what I'm saying is, like, there are some people who, like, kind of experiment with signatures, and then they just never really land on one. You know, it might have been him trying to experiment, but long story short, because thankfully he did not have another victim. Yeah, thankfully that could have been him trying to experiment, but thankfully he never got much more into that experiment. I'm kind of torn on him getting the parole this year. You see, I am too, because. While he did something extremely fucked up, he took a life that will never be able to give back. And it was not such only a brutal way. To yeah, do. not only from the parents, but from his younger brother. Like I don't know, just I'm not an only child. Uh, you're not an only child, but. Imagine growing up an only child and being that alone because while you're an only child, like, yeah, you've got your parents, but you don't have that sort of camaraderie that you would from another sibling. But he stole that from somebody, you know? And it's not only that he stole an older brother from somebody. But from Derek, he stole a graduation, you know, a marriage, a first child. He stole all of the experiences you get growing up, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he might have stolen somebody's soulmate, for all we know, you know? I mean, while he's expressed immense regret for that Eric has literally said if he could switch places he would but that doesn't change the fact that he did take an innocent little child's life you know it doesn't excuse it and that's why I get so upset about this case because if Eric would have had a better life growing up would Derek have died I feel like that's a question for a lot of kids killing kids at least in some of the cases you see while I agree with that in the case of kids killing kids 
that's also what we have to think of in adults killing adults. Would Richard Ramirez have turned out like he did if his... I haven't researched this case yet, so I don't remember a whole lot about it. But if Richard Ramirez's cousin or uncle wouldn't have come back from war and shown him all of those brutal and grotesque videos, would he have turned out the way he did? You have have a point. Of course, some people are born like that. I guess, you know, literally, if you see something, say something. Um, Regular sign-off. I'm trying to think of, like, my cutesy shit that I do. Uh, (laughs) Quit your day job. Um... Don't do drugs, but if they're good drugs, do do the drugs. Um, If you think that you have ADD or ADHD and somebody offers you Adderall, do them fucking drugs, baby. It'll let you know. Stay in school. Don't stay in school. Stay in school. Don't. Stop. Don't. I never went Go to I, I I never went to college and the US says that I'm not smart. <laughs> Stay in school or don't. Uh we hope you have a great week. Pet Please. all the cats. Pet all the dogs. Pet all the rats or the gerbils or the ferrets. If pet you see pets. a fucking rat and you don't pet it, get out. <laughs> Just get the fuck out. Rats are so fucking pure. We love you. Um, and I mean, I guess we'll, we'll see you next week for a lighter, for your weird shit, for my weird shit, my lighter, 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 weirder shit episode. Yeah. But, uh, we love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.